0: It's Ryan Doyle from TDR's Guaranteed Money. We are on the Las Vegas Strip with none other than Kelly in Vegas. Kelly Stewart, it's good to see you. Of course, from Barstool, from Wager Talk. Thanks for uh, having us in your city. I mean, it's your name. It's your city.
1: I I do love this city, right? Uh, This is funny how that whole thing came to be. I'm not going to claim it fully as my city. I'm not the mayor, but maybe I should try and run. See what happens. Have they
0: ever offered you like a chain or anything?
1: (laughs) No. I'm gonna go ahead and guess. If you're not in the sports wagering world, you probably don't know who I am. I
0: don't know about that. Let's talk about what it's like when you come back. Because you don't live here now, it's not your main residency. But when you get off the plane, you step back into Vegas, what does that feel like for you?
1: You know, it's interesting. I lived here uh for 15 years in May, and I've been back and forth just trying to explore other places. Vegas has been such an incredible city for me. It's always gonna have my heart, but I didn't move here thinking I was going to live here for 15 years. I moved here after college uh, in the middle of the recession. There was no jobs. And I said, OK, I'm going to go work at one of these hotels, pay off some student loans and sure. see what happens. And, you know, I 3X'd my time here and I thought, OK, maybe it's time to, to figure out uh, an exit strategy, if you will. And so we've got our house here. We've got our house in Florida. And it's been really fun to come back as a tourist as opposed to living here. When you live here you kind of dread people coming to visit. You kind of are like I gotta drive to the strip. I don't want to do this. I've been to this restaurant so many times and now coming back as you know someone who's only been here four times in the last let's call it six months. It's a lot more fun. I've got reservations at my favorite restaurants. My best friends. You're the down tourist to me. now. It is. It's nice. Like I'm on the Strip. I get to stay close. I just get to hop in an Uber and go somewhere there. I don't have to worry about parking or drinking too much and leaving my car and then driving home and all these other things that when people live here have to worry
0: about. You mentioned when you made that that pivot from you know doing the bottle service thing here in this city to, you know, really focusing and immersing yourself in the sports wagering space. When you look back at that now and you see. 30-some-odd states that have opened up to legalized sports betting, and likely more. We're obviously going to get to the point where it's going to be all 50 eventually. What do you think when you look back at that as to where it's all come?
1: You know, so I moved here in 2007, almost 2008, and this was the epicenter for sports betting. And we knew that it was going to take off. We just didn't know when, right? And it's, you know, the federal ban on sports betting getting lifted really changed almost everybody I know's life, right? And... I still think Vegas is the epicenter of sports betting. Whether people want to believe that or not, this is still a destination for March Madness. This is still a destination for Super Bowl. But to see it explode like it has, and even, you know, growing up in Kansas, I get tweets from people all the time. They're like, can Kansas get it together? And I'm like, I don't know what the hang up. I don't know how we're not...
0: All 50 states on board already. And, uh, and not just Kansas, but you look at some of the bigger ones, right? Like California, Massachusetts, well, they're those, these debates. Those states
1: make sense because those states are so much red tape. In the state of Kansas, it's more about the culture of the people that live there and they're right. afraid, right? You know, Kansas getting the lottery when I was a kid was a big deal. So sports betting, I think that there becomes a, um, a negative attribute, right? It's similar to marijuana. I feel like they go hand in hand, right? Sure. If you ask my 75-year-old father, it's like oh, you're out there smoking dope. Well, now you can go buy marijuana in Canada. You can go buy it in sure. tons of states. It's not that same stigma. And that's the same thing with sports betting. And we're starting to see where people are realizing that, yeah, sure, there's still that gray area. There's still that uglier side of the industry. But really, these are guys who want to bet $5 parlays. They're not losing their house. They're not ruining their lives. This is no different than going to play blackjack, you know, with your buddies on a Saturday.
0: Your old man taught you how to gamble or at least got got you interested in You know,
1: my old man is definitely a gambler. And it's funny (laughs) because even still, so he's in Florida, my mom's in Florida, and that's why I really kind of decided that that was gonna be our second home in 2021. And that's why I wanted to buy an additional house because I wanted to be closer to them as they got older. And it kills me, but every single Monday I forget. Now he's like in a daily poker game, and you know, doing these different things. And I, I'm going, God, that is where I got it from. He really sure. has always been a better. And it was funny because we we're sitting at a bar in his town, and it was before the championship games. I was headed to Chicago uh, to host a party at the Barstool River North Bar that had just opened, and the guy is going big box fan he goes rams are gonna win it all and i said "Ah, you know they might that they've got the possibility right they're the odds on favorite to do so and he goes i'll bet you and i said what do you mean there's still three other teams wait till the super bowl to bet me and he says no 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 you can have the three other teams i go you're gonna give me the three other teams at even money okay you got that bet and you know i get back up there last weekend and it's the first time i've been there since and this guy's just trotting around you know really feeling himself and i go Honey, I go, if you bet bets like that I will take each and every time, every single time. And I think that a lot of people don't quite realize that, but my dad's just sitting there laughing, you know, because he knows that if I make those bets over and over and over You're gonna come out ahead. Exactly.
0: Yeah, you mentioned Barstool. What's that experience like? Because you've got a company now that's not, it's not your traditional sports wagering company. Like we're passing all these places right now, the MGM Lions just over your shoulder, Caesars, they've been around the game for a long time. This is a lot different. Barstool and the, and the work that they do is a lot different from those old school companies.
1: No, they are. And as somebody who had to work in that corporate environment here in Vegas, and that's what people don't realize, Vegas is very corporate anymore. This is not the mafioso, like 1960s, 70s Vegas. Like this is unions. This is like, you go to work, you have to go to the training, You have to. you have an HR manager, all of these weird things. And while Barstool is a corporation, it doesn't feel like a corporate environment. And that's what I love it. I have the freedom to do what I want and to get to be myself. And I think that that is something that so many people don't realize that they don't have at work. And I'm not saying that that gives me free reign to be a giant asshole. Cause sometimes I can be on the internet and I know I like to, you know, bark at people and, and sure. get people fired up about things. That's
0: half the fun though.
1: But it is, it is part of it. And it's getting to be yourself and getting to show your passion about your craft and, Barstool is unapologetically allowed me to do so. And I've told people before, it's so weird how I was never there before. And I don't know why. And my agents and I, I was in New York just a few short weeks ago. And they're like, we still can't figure out why you were not at Barstool originally. And I'm like, I don't know. It just just didn't happen that way. And if you ask me now, I'm like, oh, I'm too old to work at Barstool. And then I go to the office and I'm like, oh, I just assumed as just a generic Barstool fan, if you will, I'd catch them here on Instagram. I'd catch them there on Twitter and, you know, see Dave tweet funny stuff or Big Cat, like all those guys. Do pizza
0: reviews and that type of thing. Yeah, yeah.
1: You would assume that, you know, most people there are 18 to 30 and that's not the case at all. It is such a wide variety of people. I mean, they have women talking about The Bachelor. They have... You know what I mean? Like I don't know anything. I've never watched The Bachelor in my life. Come on, I swear! It's if you not... could
0: get action on The Bachelor, you would watch The Bachelor.
1: Yes, but the, the problem is it's pre-recorded, and somebody's going to get. Fair. It's like wrestling. Exactly. Okay. So you there's a there's leaky there's leaks and there's whatever. But to listen to those women talk about The Bachelor, like I talk about sports, thing, is insane, and I love to see it. And I think Erica Nardini, our CEO, is so. She's like such a proponent of go do you, right? And then Dave is just just try it. If it doesn't work, we'll move on to the next thing. Wow. And that's so awesome versus working for companies that want to control you. They want to control your content. Okay, you're going to talk about this game today. See you later. Well, I don't really have a big opinion on that sure. game. you know, and I Were like... you getting that a lot back in the day? Oh, of course. Because you, you want... I'm trying to think of the right way to say it. they want to talk about the big games, right? They want to talk about that KU Duke final four. Well, the lines, you know, Kansas minus 2, totals, you know, 151. It's not sexy. It's sexy to, to the, the, the consumer right. because everybody wants to about that game. It's not sexy to me cuz I'm not probably really going to bet it. And I like that I can say, "You know what? I'm going to pass here. I don't have to have a bet because it's a national championship game. I don't have to do these things." It is all You are in charge of you, check in with us. Do you need better resources? Here, we can help you.
0: When it comes to some of the other companies I mentioned like the Caesars, you you know, you do it in Vegas and I I always say, because Bally's used to be my favorite sports book. I used to call it my, and it still is. It's it's the blue collar sports book, right? It's the lunch bucket. You go in there and you work, You, you work your tickets, you work your plays. There's something for everybody here. It's not going to be the case in every single market across the United States. Is it too crowded outside of the walls in your opinion? When it comes to the marketplace, because we see, you know, the state of New York, for example, there are there are winners and there are losers, and I don't know if everybody's going to make it at the end.
1: And they're not going to because they're paying so much to acquire customers, and customers are able to shop around. States like New York, no, I don't think so. I think we'll see three or four probably come out on top because they have deep pockets. Right. Uh, where we're seeing states like New Jersey that have far less legislation that inhibit uh, people to the marketplace. Florida is going to be an interesting one, right? They had sports betting with uh, the Hard Rock for about six weeks. Sure. And then some people came in and said, well, wait a minute, they're not allowed to have mobile sports betting. And so it kind of threw a wrench into things. And I think we're going to see over the next few years, things really start to pan out. I really hope some of these smaller books do make it. I just don't think they're going to make it in the larger states, right? When you're paying, what is it, New York, 35% tax or something absolutely outrageous. Those smaller books don't even try to enter the marketplace. So many people are like, why isn't Barstool in New York? And I just said, that's my guess. We don't want to pay that much to acquire customers. I don't have an actual answer for that. You know, I've got guys of friends over the the Superbook, and I'm going to go ahead and guess that's their same answer right sure. as well. Where you can go into the, to the you know, Louisianas, the Iowas, the, the Colorados, and you can compete because you've been given the tools to, versus you're spending so much money on marketing. You're spending so much. I mean, we've seen it. Look at all of the women that I've seen hired in the last... Three years, right? There was a point in time where I was probably the, you were the only, only one. woman in, yeah. in like the market And now and you're not should... old
0: enough, by the way, to be an OG.
1: <laughs> not yet, but it is funny because now they're everywhere, and it's like, how do you sift through who is an influencer? Yeah, right.
0: Who? Well, that's what I want to ask you about because let let's call it for what it is. Okay. There's some people out there that are doing what you do well. They're not doing it well, but they're doing it because they look good. They've got a following that's got to irritate you to some degree, right? You look at it and you think, eh.
1: no, I don't think so. I actually have had several people. I mean, you know, I have some good friends that I've seen bag on some of the women in the industry and I text them. I'm like, just stop. Okay. What, what are you doing? Well, her record is this, or this person's record is that. And I'm like, why do you care? And they're like, because this sports book is promoting this person that you should be betting with them. And I go, I hate to break it to you, but then that's on the consumer to decide whether they want to do so. That's on the consumer to do their own research. I don't think that we need to sit here and bag on these women um, who are probably hired for how they look. They're well spoken, they may have a broadcast background. I can tell you wholeheartedly, I would say there's less than five women in the industry that I would actually think could go toe to toe with me. And wow. that's not me being arrogant. That I is I like it though. I me like me being very honest. Yeah. And it's not my job to compete with them. They're 10 years younger than me. They have flatter stomachs than I do. They have better hair. They have less Botox, whatever that is. You know what I mean? It's just the truth. I did a, I did a, what was it? I guess it was a docu-series, if you will, is what they called it, action. And I remember they were laughing when I was getting microneedling because I was just like wincing in pain. And, you know, somebody said something to me today. They go, your teeth are really white. I go, thanks. I got them whitened. And they're like, what? And, you know, they're like, that hurts so bad. I'm like, come on. I'm like, grow up, but I have to compete with these younger women. And I said that on action, there's going to come a day where I get phased out based on my looks if I don't keep up with it. And that's the sad reality. It's, I'm not being judged here based on my appearance or my picks. I, I feel like I've kind of put myself into a separate bubble right. where a lot of the other women in the industry, Ariel Epstein's one of my best friends. I feel like she gets put into that category where... I've seen her put in her hard work i've seen her put in the hours sure and i think that that is something that we need to not only encourage that we need to celebrate and so that doesn't mean i'm taking away with what other women are doing right everybody's got their own niche and they're you know trying to create content but i will agree with some of my buddies the content creators the influencers are they actually betting the games i don't know I mean, that's... And how much of that is a
0: big part of it, right? Like, how much... When you put something out, are you putting your money behind it? Absolutely. If, okay.
1: if I, it's not coming out... If, if I don't have my own money on it, it's not coming out on my social media channels. Point blank, period, the end. I just can't. I, I will not do that. I don't think it's right. I mean, what are you going to do? Just throw darts? I had some guy the other day who was like, you only have two games today."
0: Well, <laughs> I yeah.
1: I only have two games a day, How but, dare I only like two? But that's the thing, I yeah. think, that we see these action junkies and we see these... Right. Um, these touts of the world right that are you know promoting 50 star locks or whatever they are and it that bothers me more than i think the women in the industry because i think we know what we're getting with these women versus these guys that you know pay to have instagram followers and promote pages and do all of these things where in theory i think they're more predatory than these women these women aren't saying pay me for this somebody else is writing their check and i do think that there is a definite jealousy and i said this years ago, back when I was their age, 10 years ago, you're mad at me because this company wants to hire me. I get it. You've put in the work. You've sat there on the blogs. You were on Reddit back in the day, way before right. Twitter and or any of these other things. And you want to be respected. That's fine. But that doesn't mean you should hate me right? because I'm doing the same thing. I'm out here grinding. I'm out here working hard, putting in the hours. And that's where I've had to realize like these people just don't matter. It's unfortunate But it's kind of like, you know, the guy sitting on his couch watching Miss America, and they're like, oh, she's got a big nose. (laughs) It's like, come on, man. Like,
0: you can't see past your beer belly, pal. How do you even see her nose? It's, but that's the,
1: that's the sick reality here. And they want to bash these girls. And I'm like, dude, just take it for what they're worth. Then don't watch her stuff. Block her. It's, it's fine. If that, if that bothers you that much, those girls don't bother me at all. And that's just full disclosure.
0: Let's, let's talk about college football. Okay. One hell of a run. It
1: was a great season. You had
0: some squad rides going on. I know a lot of my friends, a lot of the people who watch this podcast, who listen to this podcast, Guaranteed Money, they were all over. You put, you put one out and they were just waiting. It was like waiting people waiting for the next chapter of a Dickens novel <laughs> at some point at the dock saying, please, Kelly, can we have some more? Uh, that was a hot run. So let's talk a little bit about that. Is there pressure? Does it begin to weigh on you a little bit when you know people are, are thinking, okay, you're hot. We're all going to get on this. Or is it just kind of cool and steady? That's
1: an interesting question, um, I don't know. I have to, I'm i like really thinking about that football season. I think it was more of run with the momentum, keep it going. And it was such a good year, I, I laughed because I got to do some really incredible things uh, working for Barstool, I got to go to different various sporting events. You know, I got to set my own schedule and I was just really seeing the college football slate clearly. And I kept feeling like there's going to be some regression. There's going to be some regression. I kept tweeting and like I know it's coming and it came. It's yep. called basketball season. Yeah. Uh it is <laughs> it is here. But it did not happen during college football and it was a hell of a run and even really a good NFL season which is not And it was a
0: hard year in the NFL. The so NFL I have a good was, one.
1: But I, I think that was the other thing is I tried to stay really true and be disciplined and as much fun as I had on social media, you know, I got to go to all these different games and hang out with all these fun people. I during the week being in Florida, especially, I didn't know anybody outside of like a, a few of my family members that are down there. Sure. So I think I got a really good opportunity to have no distractions, and I think that's where it kind of solidified. Hey, maybe I shouldn't be in Vegas. Right? Maybe I should be interesting somewhere that I can have full focus, no distractions, where, where I can get my work done, and you know. I think the biggest thing, and a lot of people it was really bad for, but one of the things that I was really lucky out of during the pandemic was realizing that I could work from home. And I think that gives me a sense of comfort. It gives, I love just the fact that my dogs are there and that I can just walk to the fridge and make lunch. And when I was Let's call it 2017, 2018. When I was working for Wager Talk, when I was working for Bleacher Report, when I was doing the proxy service, I was 100 miles an hour sure. all day, every day. And I think without realizing it, I was kind of burning myself out. Right. And so once. I got away from some of that. Obviously, twenty twenty, like we were betting on Madden Sims and like begging Dana White to throw another UFC yeah. fight and kind of trying to figure Once out what's the Russian
0: table tennis, ended, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah,
1: Nicaraguan soccer that yeah. was fun, but those type of things where you know we were trying to figure out what else to handicap: Korean baseball. I mean, yeah. we still have uh, Andrew McGinnis, one of our guys at Wager Talk. Uh, Adam Trader, we still have guys betting Korean baseball this summer. They were both texting me, oh, I can't wait for Korean. I'm like, wait, are we still doing this? And they're like, yeah, absolutely, because they figured out they could carve out a niche. It was no different than handicapping regular baseball. They just had to learn the teams, the players, and it was, it's nuts. So I'll tell you, I'll
0: tell you a true story. During the pandemic, I had a baby, my second kid, okay. little boy, and he would get up in the middle of the morning. So not not quite too early, but about 5 o'clock, 4 Oof. o'clock, 5 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. But The Korean baseball games were on. Oh my gosh. So instead of making a big fuss about him waking up, I would just say to my wife, Don't worry, I'll get him. And I'd sit on the couch and watch Korean baseball. And of course, I had action. Oh my gosh. And it made me the hero in the house. So it was a beautiful thing back then. (laughs) That's
1: hilarious, though. I love that. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, You know, that's the interesting things that's come out of everything. But yeah, I mean, having no distractions. I'm not buzzing around from casino to casino. Sure. Everything's on the apps these days. And being able to really hone in and focus on, what i've been doing well and i just hope it carries over to next season you know this was an incredible year you know 2021 a lot of fans were not at stadiums and i think that kind of hurt some of the home dogs right some of those some of those teams that i would normally be betting on and this year the fans came back and they came back with a vengeance and i think that really kind of circumvented college football season for me once i figured that out and I was right on the money with some of these teams that nobody else was looking at. And the bookmakers were not quite caught up with. And uh, hitting those back-to-back parlays was... Epic. I mean, I even said on the Epic. video, I go, there's no way this is going to yeah. hit. And uh, we were actually, Megan and I were in Chicago for a Barstool event. And I was out at a bar with a bunch of the guys. Megan had already left. And I like looked and I'm like, okay, Oregon State's on U- up on USC at half. I'm like... Do I stay out? Do I go back to the hotel room and watch? Like, I didn't know really, like, what to do. And I was like, I shouldn't leave where I'm at, but everybody's going home. It's, you know, midnight, and we have to be somewhere early in the morning for NFL. And it was kind of this weird thing, and I was like, nah, they're going to blow it. And I go back to the hotel room and, like, start to fall asleep, like, in the late third quarter while Oregon State's up. And my phone is buzzing on my face, and everybody's calling me going, you did it! You did it! (laughs) And, you know... Um, to hit that big one and then turn around and do it the next week was, was a really fun experience because those type of, uh, you know, 70 to one, 85 to one that I hit, you know, in 2013, I was told back then those are hits of a lifetime Sure, that you're going to, you're never going to hit one of those again. Yeah. And, I uh, hit one that's 78 to one, not quite 85 to one, but so now I'm, now I'm realizing like, Hey, you know, that wasn't a fluke. This is, this is real. And yeah. if you, if you put in the work, You can really find some of these hidden gems, if you will.
0: Are you watching a lot of film? Do you watch a lot of tape?
1: So I don't. And that's just full disclosure. I love to watch the games. But I, I, you know, tell my buddies this that are either um, in the media space or played professionally, no matter what sport it is. You guys have the biggest disadvantage because I think the eye test lies to you so much. I love watching the games. Don't get me wrong. If you got action on the game, you want to watch. But I didn't play any of these sports. Right. So I don't have any insight. I don't, I can't sit down here. I I tell people this all the time. I love Tony Romo because he's breaking down the defense for me in a way that I can understand it. Sure. And those type of things make watching the game far more enjoyable for me. And I watched a few games, click back and forth. We got a little three TV setup in Florida click back and forth between four or five games depending on what time of the day it is, and it's perfect. You catch what you want to catch. Red zone's obviously amazing, um, so you can kind of see what's going on, and that's why you know, I was so angry at Carson Wentz last year because every single time he was on red zone, he fumbled or turned the ball over. But all jokes aside, I think that if you stick with the math and look at a few of the situations that kind of correlate with it, if you will, you kind of learn to weed out some of that other stuff. And right. You know, one of the sayings that we always have in sports betting worlds, you're never as good or as bad as you looked the week prior. And that's something that I think that a lot of people with the eye test don't take to heart, especially in the NFL. Well, you got a better team here versus a team that's not very good. Well, that's kind of built into the line. You know, the coach being out with COVID or the quarterback The bookmaker knows that
0: already. Yeah.
1: They know everything. And it doesn't mean that you're not going to be right about that specific game, but I do think that this basic A plus B plus C- algorithm if you will that people as a public better put together in their mind will fail you long term and that's kind of the the difference here is what's the goal my goal is to win long term and you know i don't charge for my picks i post it on twitter or whatever it is and you're free to fade follow whatever you want um just appreciate people watching
0: let's end on why we're here it's march madness we're in vegas we've cruised the strip a couple times what are you looking at? What are you seeing? And is this is this a good time for people to get in if they've been on the sidelines for a little while? Because if you're talking about it, like we're talking about new markets, people who might not have, you know, ventured past the family bracket, let's say. I think right. there was a number out the other day that the family bracket has now taken a backseat to single game wagering in most households, well, which I is awesome. I
1: hope so, because brackets are just, yeah, what what is the odds of hitting a bracket? Like one in... 82 trillion or something ridiculous somebody posted the other day and i'm like see why would you do that and somebody asked me like oh we do my bracket challenge it's 25 i'm like no they're like what i'm like no i don't want to fill out a bracket i don't want to think about a bracket i don't want to cheer about a bracket i want to look at thursday i want to look at friday and then you know thursday evening when the saturday games come out after we see how the dust settles Start looking ahead to Saturday, sure. find some great value in the numbers, bets over brackets all day long. And I think that once you realize that and, you know, start realizing the magnitude of upsets, sure, we've seen some chalky March Madnesses before, and that's going to happen. But this year, I think, is going to be the year of the dog. I'm excited. I've got nine dogs for the first, okay. for the first two days, and uh, we'll see if they're embarking.
0: I'm, t- I'm on two big ones. Okay. Two big ones. Moneyline. Big okay. ones. I like UAB,
1: Ooh. and I like
0: Tennessee Chattanooga.
1: Ooh. So we'll see. We'll see. Those I'm putting two, that on the record Those were right two that made my long list. Um, I have problems with some of these smaller teams because I think what people try to do too much is when you have 300 plus college basketball teams, you cannot follow all of them. Sure. You cannot. It, you have to do what's right. And one of the things being in the media space has made me do, you know, being out here in Vegas, the Mountain West uh, growing up right. K-State grad, I love the big 12. Sure. Now being in Florida, I really honed in on the SEC this year. I probably made more money in the SEC than I did in any other conference. And I've always loved big 10 basketball because I do think it's so physical and you know, it might be boring to some, but I really, it's a different, vibe, but- it, it's a different fundamental basketball. Yep. And I love to see, you know, teams making their free throws and, you know, actually playing defense and, and it varies conference to conference, but I think the biggest time you can make money is with some of these smaller market schools, because if you walk up to Joe Schmel on the street and you're like, hey, what do you think about Vermont against Arkansas? Oh, Arkansas is going to blow them out. Well, they don't know anything about Vermont. All I've seen is what Eric Musselman's been able to do the last essentially, what has it been? Twelve weeks. Right. They covered 11 or 12 games in a row, made everybody a ton of money. I think you're going to see the same thing with. Texas Tech, and obviously when you start getting into these blue blood programs, the Villanovas, the Dukes, the Kansas's, the North Carolinas of the world, you got to know you're paying a premium. That doesn't mean they're not going to cover, but you have to know that the bookmakers know that 85% of people that walk up to that window, Yeah. okay, uh, money line, North Carolina money line, Duke money line, Kansas money line, and that's going to be all day parlay. So what the bookmakers are going to be cheering for is one of those teams that get beat. Yeah. My job right now is to try to figure out which one of those teams is going to be.
0: I'm gonna break your heart to tell you that I have a Kansas future.
1: You know, you're not. Uh, my boyfriend <laughs> I actually, saved that to the end. My boyfriend actually has a Kansas future as well. Okay. And he also has a Duke future, but I think that one's dead in the water. KU's interesting this year, and I'm not gonna sit here and discredit what Bill Self's been able to do, but I do feel like they have had an off year. Yeah. Uh, when they're in Allen Fieldhouse, they get a ton of calls. They have a huge home court advantage. If you've never been there, I highly recommend it. It's basically the mecca of basketball. I don't know if I like Iowa more to advance or if I like KU to lose to Creighton. And that whole side of that bracket, I love this Creighton team. And I think they're a lot better than people have been giving them credit for. And we've seen moments of greatness from them. You catch KU on a a bad day this year, which we've seen several tripped. I think they could get tripped. And that's my problem. I think the same thing with Duke, though. I think this is not your quintessential Duke team. Same thing with Kentucky. I think that these blue blood programs uh, are really going to be interesting. We'll see what Jay Wright can do with Villanova. They've had an incredible season, per usual. The Big East, though, it kind of makes me wonder about some of these teams. Yeah. On when you have, I'm trying to think of how to say it best. When you have conferences that kind of cannibalize one another, they get kind of pushed to the wayside. When you have a team that is very dominant within their conference, they get all this praise, right? And that's where I think Villanova might be just getting a little too much love. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, I hope I'm right in terms of how many chalky teams yeah. uh, get in. I'm looking for some big 10 teams, Purdue, Iowa. I'm not sold on this Wisconsin Badgers team necessarily either, but I could be dead wrong and watch them make a, make a, a Final Four run. And the problem is, is I can't seem to find any of these super small schools that – you know, we've seen uh, either win a play-in game or that twelve-five matchup,
0: like a Florida Gulf Coast,
1: right? We or I feel Richmond like we,
0: back I, in the day, exactly. Yeah. I feel like
1: we haven't seen any of those for the last couple of years necessarily. Um, and you know, I think it was Abilene Christian last year yep. after they knocked off Texas it was exciting, and then they just got smoked the next game. And outside of that, I'm, I'm hoping we see some major upsets this year, just just for fun, and that not Do even. Do you want to pick
0: a winner for the whole thing?
1: So I, I'm going to pick a winner. I, my final four. Is, is back and forth. I hate picking it because I feel like it kind of <laughs> goes in my brain as like some sort of bias. Yeah. Um, Texas Tech has been my absolute and utter money maker this year. Okay. And You know Chris Beard leaving, I think a lot of people thought that they were going to have a down year and boy were they wrong. Texas Tech feels like they just came out of absolutely nowhere and was a force to reckon with. They always say defenses win championships so I'll take the best defense in the country and the Red Raiders. Okay.
0: Kelly in Vegas, you're going to have to come back. Thanks for joining us on TDR's Guaranteed Money. Hey, thanks for having me. Subscribe to Guaranteed Money wherever you get your podcasts and find out more details at thedalesreport.com Don't forget also to check out our YouTube channel for more content.